Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. Now, I know a lot of you who watch and listen to the show use Pinterest to help drive traffic to your blogs. Many of you, myself included, would like to know how to make these blogs more successful. How do you manage tasks? How do you know what ideas to focus on and when to move on to something else? These are some of the questions we discuss on today's show. But first, have you headed over to ManlyPinterestTips.com and downloaded my free tackle box? It's full of some of my favorite tools that I use to create my images and to boost my productivity. Quit fishing for resources and go download my free Manly Pinterest Tips tackle box at ManlyPinterestTips.com. I'm very excited to have Michael Stelsner on the show today to talk about what it's like to run a top blog, The Social Media Examiner Story. Michael Stelsner is the founder of Social Media Examiner, author of the books Launch and Writing White Papers, and the man behind large events such as Social Media Marketing World and Social Media Success Summit. He is also host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, founder of the Social Media Marketing Society, and host of the weekly morning Social Media Marketing Talk Show. So this guy knows social media and blogs. Now, this interview that I did with Michael was a live show where the audience was able to interact with myself, guests, and each other. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to manlypitcherships.com and join our email community to find out when our next live show is. Come join us where you can ask your own questions during the show. I'm very honored to be a part of the Social Media Examiner social team, and I have the opportunity to work with Michael and see a lot behind the scenes at Social Media Examiner. So I am very excited about this interview with Michael, where he shares with you what it takes to run an organization like Social Media Examiner and why he thinks his blog has been so successful. So let's jump right into my conversation with Michael Stelsner. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show here today. What I don't know is Pinterest, so I hope you don't ask me Pinterest <laughs> questions. Uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. It's a, it's my absolute pleasure. Yeah, but you know, we, you know, Pinterest drives a lot of traffic for uh, for even social media. I mean, we have one of that's one of our top social things over at Social Media Examiner. So a lot of people who watch the show are real interested because a lot of them have their own blogs. So I think this is going to be a great topic for them. So can you kind of give us a brief rundown of how you came up with the idea for Social Media Examiner and kind of how you got started? Yeah, I before Social Media Examiner, I was uh, a writer and I wrote a book called Writing White Papers. Uh, white paper is kind of an article meets brochure hybrid kind of a thing. And uh, I was delivering email newsletters to my fans, about 20,000 people every month. And in these newsletters, this was kind of before blogs, we would deliver the articles. And I had writers that would write 
into the newsletter. Now that sounds crazy today, right? To deliver a newsletter with articles in it. But uh, somewhere along the way, I started a blog uh, related to the book and I began getting lots of questions about how do you promote these things called white papers? And as this was happening uh, in the mid 2000s, all of a sudden social media started coming on the scene LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, right? So LinkedIn was first. Uh, and, and people didn't even think of it as a social network and then Twitter and Facebook, as far as my world was concerned. So along the way, I began to notice uh, something about me. I'm kind of a data dude, right. as Jeff knows, right? I'm a data geek and I like analysis. I almost might refer to myself as an analyst in some regards. And I started noticing patterns and trends. The one thing that I noticed, Jeff, is that whenever anybody wrote anything about social media back then, guess what happened? It became the most popular thing on social media. Right. So I started writing some articles for a couple of blogs that you may be familiar with. Uh, have you ever heard of Copyblogger? Yeah. Uh -huh. so I wrote for Brian Clark at Copyblogger, and I also wrote for uh, Marketing Profs. Um, and those articles that I wrote were about social media, and it was about the dark side of, of social media, the dark side of Twitter. And um, I would interview lots of experts, and then I would write this journalistic article. And these articles were extremely popular on Copyblogger. As a matter of fact, I think for about three or four years, that one article I wrote on the dark side of Twitter was on the sidebar of, um, of Copyblogger and it was one of their most popular articles. So I just kind of learned over time that there was a need for information about this. So I, what did I do? I went over to Google and uh, specifically to GoDaddy, which is what I've always used. And I just started looking for domains, anything with social media. And I typed in social media examiner and I was shocked to see it was available. And back then, nobody had three words, right? Copy blogger, not social media examiner. I got it. I immediately thought I was going to get sued by the San Francisco examiner, which is a huge right, right. <laughs> uh, paper out here on the West Coast. So I trademarked the thing. And um, basically, that was how I got the domain. And in October of 2009, I decided to try something, an experiment. And this is what I want to tell to anybody who's got an entrepreneurial bent. If, if I didn't try, I could have just sat on the domain and done nothing. But if I didn't try as an experiment to start a new blog called Social Media Examiner, I would never be where I am today. So I reached out to all the, the friends that I had made over the years that were writers. And I asked them if they'd be willing to write one article a month. And when you are in the writing world, you begin and when you're known in the writing world, you begin to kind of build relationships with people and you kind of rise together. So um, I just knew that if they wrote one article a month and I wrote one a week, that we might be off to the races. And that's kind of how it started. Very cool. So were you working somewhere else when you had this idea or were you already entrepreneurial, kind of doing your own thing? So I'm 21 years as a self-employed entrepreneur. And seven and a half years ago, seven years ago is when I started Social Media Examiner. So I was using my other business, my writing business to kind of fund everything that I was doing at Social Media Examiner. And it was really just an experiment. And I knew that my writing clients were what was going to pay the bills and help pay for the web hosting. Mm -hmm. But everyone was a volunteer. There was nobody working for this that wasn't a volunteer back then. When you started fleshing that idea out, I, I've seen videos where you are there at a conference interviewing people. Now, did that play into kind of your strategy? I mean, we're doing live video now, but that was before live video even yeah. was a thing. So Yeah. So, um, ever heard of Strength Finders? Do you know what that is? Yes, I have. Yes, yes, the book, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Strength Finders... Um, my number one strength, which I only discovered a couple of years ago, is strategy. So I didn't realize what I was doing was strategic back then, but it turned out that it was. 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I don't know anything about social media, which I knew nothing about social media when I started social media examiner, literally nothing. Okay. Which was great because it gave me an opportunity to go in and ask the stupid questions that nobody else would ask. And, but it also made me relatable because nobody else knew anything about social media back in 2009 either. So I went to blog world and I went to marketing profs and I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to, um, hire temporarily a camera guy. And I had a little flag mic made with actually, this is it. I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh yeah. Yeah. This little flag mic was the same flag mic that I've been using since 2009. And I had a cordless microphone and I walked around as if I was somebody <laughs> at, at blog world 2009. And my assistant, her name was Amy Porterfield, this gal that nobody had ever heard of before right. who used to work for Anthony Robbins. She used to do this with Anthony Robbins. So she helped me put together these little cards of questions with a hit list of about 20 people that we were going to interview. One of them was Chris Brogan and um, lots of other people that are no longer around. And I just went up to them and I was in a tie and I was dressed professionally and everyone else was in shorts and t-shirts. And I just said, hey, I would love to interview you for a few minutes, 10 minutes on camera. And I did, I took 20 of these interviews. And then my thought was as a content guy, I would take these interviews and this would be part of a blog post. And I would strategically release one a week over 20 weeks. And that's what I ended up doing. Very, very cool. I just want to remind you guys that as we go through the show, if you have a question for Michael Stelzner, you've just been burning for your entire life to ask, uh, click on the Q&A tab. If you're watching on another platform, come over here to Huzza. The link should be in the post and uh, ask your questions. We've already got a great one from Eileen. I want to ask later on during the show. But so let's morph, let's move ahead into kind of now. So Social Media Examiner has grown to this, this awesome company, which I am lucky enough to be associated with as a contractor, which I love doing. So can you kind of break down how Social Media Examiner is organized as a company? I mean, there's specific teams, like I'm on the social team, but there's so many other ones. Can you kind of break that down for people? Yeah. Um, you can't really see it behind me, but there's an org chart behind me. We have six or seven divisions of the company. I'm. It's pretty flat. I'm the CEO and founder. And then we've got a head of uh, events and we've got the entire events division. And all they do is put on our online and physical events. Then we've got an editorial division and the head of editorial. And underneath her are basically is everything on the blog. Um, then we've got a... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget some of these divisions. Uh, we've got the social team. Right. Uh, we've got um, uh, the society, the social media marketing society is its own division. And we've got a number of other divisions that I cannot believe you're, I'm, I'm totally blanking on. But the idea is there's a head of every, oh, marketing. Okay. Yeah, we've got a marketing division. So some of these divisions have three people, some have 20 people. Uh, it just depends on the size and the scope of the division. Oh, we've got a, we've got a, a sales division as well. Uh, and their job is to sell sponsorships and stuff. So the idea is everyone reports to me and there's seven divisions. So these seven division heads report to me. Half of my job is investing in these seven people. So I talk to them for hours every week. I help them understand how to do things like analysis and future planning and all that kind of stuff. And then underneath those folks are the rest of the company, which is about 45 people, which makes up employees and contractors. Uh, and they're all, these are regular, you know, uh, monthly kind of uh, contractors and employees. And um, that's, that's the makeup of the company. There's only about seven or eight people here in San Diego. Uh, Jeff, you've been to our corporate headquarters. It's just four or five offices here in San Diego in this physical location. And then everybody else works out of their house all over the country. Right. So how many people do you think it's total with Social Media Examiner? I think a lot of people would not be, would be surprised on how. It's about 43 people total. Right. 
yeah, it's very, very cool. But it's amazing how much stuff gets done uh, through these live videos. I mean, I report every week with Eric uh, when we're, we talk every you know, almost every day with social yeah. team through channels. So we also have special teams, like almost like you would have a special team on a football a team. We have a special team, like the news team. Mm-hmm. So the news team, which is what puts on our live show every Friday is you, Eric, Kim, and myself. And then uh, a gal named Grace, who also takes and, and, and puts news into a private group and then also does our Saturday post and probably someone else who I can't remember. Oh, Leslie is, is part of that team as well. There's about six people that are on the news team. And then it's like, it's almost like a special project that we're part of that goes all the work that goes into producing the live show that we produce every week and all the kind of outcroppings that come out of that live show. Yeah. And, and that does, I mean, we're all week, we're looking for news st- stories. And then you guys meet on Thursday and decide what makes the cut, what doesn't, what's going to be a segment, what's going to make a mention. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of work. And that's why I think that show is po- so popular is because of all the, the work that goes behind it. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the questions is, you know, I, social media has millions of, you know, hits a month, uh, huge newsletter list. Why do you think that blog is so popular? Why do you think so many people go to the site? Well, I think the reason why Social Media Examiner has become popular is because, first of all, we do things a little differently than everyone else does. You won't see advertising anywhere on Social Media Examiner like you do on every other blog. The only thing you're going to see advertised is probably social media marketing world, you know, whatever our product is that we're selling at the given moment. Um, So that makes it stand out because there's not ads everywhere. Another thing that makes it stand out is the depth and quality of what we produce. Um, We typically have articles that are 1500 words and they're usually almost all tactical how to kind of articles, which take a lot of, a lot of time to produce. We put over a thousand dollars in development cost in every article, once it's received by the writer, whether they're an internal staff writer or they're actually contributed by a contributor. Um, we have a monster big editorial team that just go, it goes through a beautification process. Um, I don't know if you can see on the board behind me, but our, our, our state vision statement is all that we serve is quality and we serve all with excellence. So I'm, I'm banging on the quality drum constantly in everything that we do, the podcast, the blog, the live show, um, everything. And because we strive for quality and we make the investment in quality people, quality production, it just makes us stand out from the crowd. And we know how to create things that people like to share. Generally speaking, people know that if they share what we produce, it'll make them look good. So um, I think that's the key for anyone who's listening that's creating content. Are you creating something that's shareable? And you know, there's a couple ways to do it. It can be entertaining and funny, but that's not really our game. Our game is to be useful and helpful. We like to call ourselves the trail guide. So uh, we're the trail guide of the social media jungle. So that's kind of what our objective is. And because social media, as you know, Jeff, changes literally every week. That's why we have thousands of people that watch our live show every week. It, they need somebody like us and there is no one else doing what we do, surprisingly. So I think that's why we've grown as big as we are. So let's let's kind of think about how you come up with content ideas. So I, you mentioned before you're kind of a data geek, a big analyst. So how does that factor into the process of when you're starting to think about with that editorial team, what do I need to start? What do we need to write about? What's pop? Is it a mix between what's popular and then what 
it's like breaking news. How do you kind of figure out what you're going to put in that content? Calendar? It's actually a really fascinating discussion. And I think everybody listening that um, is a blogger will appreciate what I'm about to say. Um, first of all, there's a bit of serendipity. So um, what we do is we have lots of people on our team that are constantly scouring their their space. Like Jeff, for example, is watching for Pinterest and Instagram updates. And we all contribute as soon as news breaks into a breaking Facebook news group that's private just for social media examiner staff. All that news is curated every single day. Then, like you mentioned, on Thursday morning, we meet usually for an hour to 90 minutes, the core team, which is Eric Fisher, Kim Reynolds, and myself, and we rank all the news and we make quick judgment calls about what is important and what is not important in the idea that we're preparing for a show that's going to happen in 24 hours. And, and in that process, we also reach out to various experts to bring them on as correspondents. Like, for example, if it's Snapchat, we might bring Carlos Gill on. And the idea is that we want to uh, be like a real newsroom. So what's happening is like this morning, we went through all this news and we made the decisions about what are going to go live on the show tomorrow. Then when we actually do our live show, core personnel at Social Media Examiner are there because it's their job to be there. So our head of editorial, Lisa Jenkins, is watching what I talk about and what people talk about in the sidebar in our live show. And she's making decisions on whether she should art, uh, allocate articles to be written on these topics based on what comes out of the live show. Allie, who's the he Allie Kelly, who's the head of our society division, is watching for training sessions that we ought to do. Our uh, conference division is watching for things that we ought to do at social media marketing world. Um, and all of that is kind of a one part of what we do on top of all this is a crazy data layer. Every January, we survey at least 5,000 of our readers and put together a report that we released just after social media marketing world called the social media marketing industry report. It's typically a 60 page report with like 80 charts. And in that report, that, that, that survey that we do, we ask bazillions of questions about where people want to invest next. What are they planning on doing more of in the next 12 months? And then we ask them lots of other questions like, do they read the blog? Do they go to the conference? And we can segment those lists and look at what topics they're most interested in. And we can layer that on top of the, the data that rolls in every single week. On top of that, is another data layer, which is a real-time data layer that comes from Google Analytics and also comes from lips and download analytics and also comes from um, dashboards and stuff that we have set up. So we are constantly testing, for example, every day we publish an article on Social Media Examiner, we're asking ourselves, is our audience still interested in this topic? So all that stuff kind of comes together as like a game plan or, you know, like kind of like I'm the coach on the sidelines calling the calling the calls to play calls for the football team. Right. All that stuff is constantly changing and morphing. And we are being informed by all the big data that we're collecting. And it's really, frankly, kind of a mad science, but exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. So how let's OK, let's say the we're a, a, like a new time first time bloggers watching this or they've only been blogging for three or four months. And they go, that must be great having a team and all this data coming in. Yeah. How do I figure out? I mean, because you were there at one time. I mean, we talked well, about yeah, I said to Jeff before we started, I started at zero too. Yeah. You know, we all started in the same spot. What advice would you give them to try to figure out what to blog about? Because I mean, I, that's that's one question I see all the time is like, I don't know what to blog about. I don't know what to do. And what Everybody I has access to somebody. So start by asking a question. And the question is, what do you want to learn more about? in regards to X, right? So Eileen 
Smith, who's here, who is a live video expert, might ask her audience, what do you want to learn more about when it comes to live video? Jeff, what do you want to learn more about when it comes to Pinterest? Where you ask that question in the beginning could be in a blog post, on your podcast, uh, in a live video, it could be on Facebook or Twitter. So start there. And that's the most simplistic way, non-scientific way to do it. The next step is if you have an email list, actually do a survey. Like we use SurveyMonkey. And everybody can get a SurveyMonkey account. We have like the $200 a year account and set up some very simple questions and email your list. That's where you start. Very cool. Um, You mentioned that you and Lisa are together. uh, You kind of figure out some stuff and they're kind of almost crowdsourcing the comments during the live show. So how do you um, really craft that quality control? I mean, because I know a lot of people. It's it's less about crowdsourcing the comments and it's more about her paying attention to what I think. So um, everybody has a special skill or gift, right? So like Jeff, if I wanted to know something about Pinterest, I would ask you because this is what you do. You track that industry. Right. Um, I, my special gift is I don't really know anything very much about about social, but I've got really strong relationships with people that do. And, um, and I also am really good at connecting dots. So kind of my special magic power is the ability to look at trends from a high perspective. Like I will say oftentimes on the live show, I can tell what Facebook is doing. Like tomorrow, I'm going to talk about how um, Facebook introduced on the bottom of Facebook, the little videos tab. And I'm going to talk about how that's directly tied to all these live video commercials that they've been doing all over buses and over television, because what they're, what they've been setting us up for is this. And I, and I'm going to speak to marketers. This is where it is headed because that's just how I see stuff. So, um, People just look at me as kind of a pattern noticer, if you will. So I can see the patterns and it's really up to my team to go out and seek out the experts to either have them teach on it or write on it. Very, very cool. Um, So this is a question I know I just thought of that people might want to know is, is there a specific blog? And I know the answer, but I want you to say what software or blogging platform you use, because I think a lot of people would be surprised about what you guys use for. Oh, we use WordPress. I mean, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. WordPress. And do you, do you ever, are you worried that do you run into limitations with WordPress? Because I mean, people no. say that's, you know, I can do WordPress, you know? And so I think people no, are I don't have any limitations. I mean, I don't think people realize that WordPress is able to power sites that are significantly larger than social media examiner. I'm pretty confident TechCrunch is powered by WordPress and TechCrunch is probably uh, exponentially larger than social media examiner. Yeah. There's um, you know, the challenge with the blog and with WordPress is really not the technology itself. Uh, it's the plugins that everybody adds that right. bring their blog down. Um, and it's also the servers upon which they're hosted. We pay $30,000 a year just to host our blog, but um, you know, that's a lot of money, but <laughs> we went through a lot of pain and agony to get there. We, We've for anybody who's followed Social Media Examiner for any period of years, we used to have those 40 whatever the heck they're called, internal, right, yeah. you know, five hundred errors constantly, and we just kept running into traffic thresholds. And now we're operating on super high end servers that are cross distributed across the world and stuff like that because we just have to to operate the business. Yeah, Eileen says that New York Times runs on WordPress, and then what the four one one says, American Express Small Business Open Forum is wow. powered by WordPress. Thanks, guys, for for putting that in there. Cool. So. You know, say one wants to write for a social media examiner. Is there a process for that? I know a lot of people who are watching this are going to go, you know, I want to be a contributor. 
We accept all applicants at socialmediaexaminer.com slash writers, but, and at socialmediaexaminer.com slash writers, the big but is you got to read everything that's on that page because we get a lot of people that are contributing content that is personally important to them, but the mistake they make, and this is important for anyone who wants to write for any big publication. If you want to write for a big publication, you have to ask yourself, what can I do for that publication? What is that publication's readers interested in? So like if you come to Social Media Examiner and you're an expert in SEO, you're going to know that that's not going to be the public. We're never going to accept that because we don't write about SEO, right? Search engine optimization. If you come and you talk about how to do something creative with Facebook Live or Periscope or Pinterest or Snapchat, then we probably would be more interested. And then, of course, you have to have evidence. So we have to see examples of your writing and stuff. But every month we have at least a couple writers that have never written for us before because uh, we've got our staff writers, but we're always looking for excellent content. And I would encourage anyone who's listening that wants that kind of exposure to definitely check it out. Very, very cool. Um, you know, the social media, and I'm not trying to flatter you or anything, but because we talked about this before, but the Social Media Marketing Podcast was one of the first podcasts I actually remember subscribing to. And I, I remember one of the things that got me into Pinterest was I was listening to your show with Cynthia Sanchez way, way back. And that got me started. Um, so how does you know, the blog and the podcast kind of work together. Um, how, how does, cause you know, you can't really see an ROI on a podcast, you know, you can see how many downloads, but I, I kind of want to dive into that for a little bit. Um, first of all, the podcast is my favorite thing that I do. Um, it's, it's a rather significant audience on the podcast. It's much smaller than the blog, but it's definitely hundreds of thousands of monthly downloads. Um, where the blog is millions. Um, but the difference is anybody who listens, does anybody here in Blab listen to podcasts? If you do, tell me that you do. I think you'll be, a, a, not Blab. Can, can I, did I say Blab? You did, Huzza. <laughs> can you tell I'm having flashbacks? Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, Huzza. Um, so podcasts are super intimate. I listen to 20 a week, Jeff. And I listen when I'm in the car. I listen when I'm shaving in the morning, which obviously you don't have to worry about that part. No, I save a <laughs> but, ton of time. But I listen, I listen all over the place and I absolutely love them. And I think that podcasts, I have found, I used to say that our most loyal, fanatical fans were our podcast listeners because they are listening to me 45 minutes every single week. Anybody who looks at their Google Analytics knows that people aren't spending more than a couple of minutes on your blog, if you're lucky, three or four minutes. Um, and a lot of them never come back. The, the, the benefit of the podcast is you can develop the most loyal community. The downside is they're on the go. So it's not easy for them to interact. They, it's not like an email where they can click to buy. Right. So it's a passive listening experience. But the marketing power of having that regular show delivered into the earbuds of people doing relatively boring activities like driving is, is extremely powerful because what ends up happening is these people are evangelists for you. They will let others know about your services even if they're not personally interested in purchasing them. At Social Media Marketing World, a couple of years ago, I said, raise your hand if you listen to my podcast. Half the audience raised their hand. Thousands of people, half the audience. So there is a return on investment with podcasts. It's just harder to track because it is, frankly, 
just something that's almost like radio, you know, but I, I think it's super powerful. So the interconnection is that we've developed an entirely new audience that has no clue what I look like. Jeff, I was inside of a pottery barn teen store in Southern California and, um, this gal, they were just opening it. They used to be a Pottery Barn Kids, and this gal um, went up to me and she said, "Excuse me, are, are you are you Michael Stelzner?" I'm all uh, yes, and she's all, I, "I didn't know what you looked like, but I recognized your voice. I'm from um, a William Sonoma corporate headquarters. William Sonoma owns Pottery Barn, and I just want to let you know I got my job at Pottery Barn because of your podcast." And I was like, wow, are you kidding me? So, you know, the impact that you can have with a podcast is huge. And it's kind of nice that nobody knows what I look like <laughs> because on social media, you know, everybody knows your face. So it's an entirely new audience. And of course, the live show is like everything on steroids. So I used to say, you know, the blog, everybody used to say, I love your blog. Then they started to say, I love your podcast. Now they're starting to say, I love your live show. So we do all of it because we love it. Very, very cool. So why do you think it's the most fun thing that you do? I'm kind of interested in that. Why do you like it the most? Well, I have an interview-based show. I love asking questions of people that are willing to share. I get the most feedback from my podcast, the most positive feedback. I don't, I'm not kind of one of those words of affirmation guys that needs to know that people right. love it, but I know that it's changing people's lives. And I hear it all the time. I've had people come to social media marketing world and cry when they meet me because they said, you changed my life. And I'm like, that never happened with my blog. You know what I mean? So there's just something different about it. And I find great joy in it. And I always make time to record it and edit it myself. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, very, very cool. So, um, well, I, yeah, because I, I owe a lot to that podcast as well. So it's kind of funny that I'm on the show interviewing you about that. So and it's going to be a podcast. Um, and Shannon Hernandez, my friend, says that, you know, he agrees that it's total passive listening experience, but people do evangelize for you. And, and Shannon does a great job. He's a, a radio disc jockey. And he does. Great, yeah, he does a great job um, interacting with people with live video and his stuff. He's just I mean, he helped me with my podcast when I first got started. So I got to give him a big shout out. But uh you know, one of our meetings that we've been in before with Social Media Examiner, you mentioned that you have to stop something in order to stop something. And that... You mean in order to start something? Yes, in order to start something. So I was... That really resonated with me because, you know, everybody, if you're an entrepreneur or you're doing social media stuff, time is a big thing. It's a big factor. So mm -hmm. what did you mean by that when you... when you? I know what you meant because we had more conversations, but what do, what do you... What do well, you here's, my, here's my personal philosophy on this. Everyone that's listening right now has things that they want to do that they've not yet done. Right, Jeff? There's things that you want to do and you've not yet done them for whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason we don't get around to doing the things that we maybe were meant to do or that we know that we ought to do is often because we're doing things that are um, things we've always done. And I started calling into question for everyone at Social Media Examiner, whenever I ask why and you say, because that's how we've always done it, that's, uh, that's the moment where you have to say, maybe we shouldn't do it anymore. And Jeff, you're part of my social team meetings and you've seen me wholesale stop things, right? That would shock people, right? Right. Like we stopped our daily podcast this year, the, 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 uh, the Social Media Examiner show. After a couple of years, we just stopped it. And, um, you know, 
we stopped doing a lot of things. We've stopped doing evergreen content on Twitter and uh, various social platforms. And this is freed up, for example, Lisa uh, Jenkins, two hours a week. Right. And now she's able to explore and take on new projects. So I'm all about stopping lists because we get into routines and we get into patterns. And the reason we're not sometimes breaking through to the next level is because we don't realize that we shouldn't always be doing what we're doing. And part of this I've learned through a concept called essentialism, which I've not read the book, but I've heard a couple of podcasts and the concept there is that 80% of what we do is non-essential. So that if it's, if 80% of what we do is non-essential, then why should we continue to do it is the question we always have to ask ourselves. And that's why, that's why analyzing is so important. That's why having data, that's why calling into question constantly, why am I doing this? Um, and then just deciding to stop things, you know, can be huge. And I have found that a lot of breakthroughs have happened inside of social media examiner and myself, because I've just said, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's very liberating. So when you decide to stop something, is that only when you're starting, you're thinking about starting something new? Are you trying to make room and that's why you do it? Or is it always, is it something else where you're, okay. I'm always, thinking, I'm always thinking to myself, is there something that I, here, here's the thing. Where, the bigger question is where are ideas born? Ideas are born when you have time to ponder them. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Mm-hmm. And if you're living your life in such a way that you never have time to even slow down and think about the future or reflect on the past, then I can assure you that these ideas will never be born. So the so in my, my philosophy is to constantly figure out what I can stop doing. If I can just figure out what I can stop doing, even before I know what I'm going to do next, it will give me the ability to think. And it will give me the ability to ask myself, am I where I want to be? And am I heading in the right direction? And it will allow me to have course correction. So I would say stop before you even know what you want to start next. Because just the, just the idea of having time to think is where these new ideas get born. And you know what? I shut down that white paper business uh, once I started Social Media Examiner. Shut it all down. Deleted everything. Yeah. And that's cathartic, man. I got to tell you, that freed me to go full bore into what I really wanted to do with Social Media Examiner. So what do you say to the people who say, you know, I see a lot of people also stop right before they get to the finish line. I mean, somebody who said to start mainly Pinterest tips when I st first started and do a podcast, I'm like, you know, and I would look at yours and go, how am I? I'm not, there's no way I'm like over with Michael. So how do you balance, you know, being scared and stopping too early with? Well, let's be honest. There is no such thing as a finish line, Jeff. That's true. And I think that's a fallacy, you know, um, but you might stop just before you break through the next level and become successful. Right. Because there is no finish line. Um, and I think the real question you have to ask yourself is, do you enjoy what you're doing? Because a lot of times that's a good reason to stop. If we don't like what we're doing, there's a couple options. We can delegate it or we can stop it. Like there's some stuff I have the advantage of having a team so I can delegate things, but generally I just stop doing things. And um, it's the hardest thing in the world to stop doing something. But the moral of the story is that, you know, you just have to ask yourself if it's not accomplishing what you hoped it would accomplish. Because if you take yourself back to when you first started your podcast, Jeff, you had a dream, you had an aspiration. And is it fulfilling what you had hoped? If it's not fulfilling what you had hoped, if it's causing you stress and anxiety and making your life more difficult and stopping you from accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish for your business, don't wait for the finish line. Right. Stop so you can start a new line. That's my philosophy. 
Very cool. So where do you do your, and I, I know you walk, so I'm guessing that's where you do most of your deep kind of pondering of stuff. You know, I started, I made time and I started carving about a year and a half ago. That's why I have just got four stitches out of my hand. <laughs> but um, so is that, do you have a time every day or a time every week where you stop and, and do this reflective time? No, I don't. Um, I have, uh, like many people here, uh, I do get ideas in the shower. I get ideas when I'm driving. I have a 20 minute commute. Um, and then I also walk to the gym. So um, any, if, if you're ever in any situation where you have about 15 or 20 minutes to do something, walk around your house, walk around your block, walk around your building. Um, those are when those ideas tend to be born. Uh, for me, um, I find the ideas in the most random places. Like when I'm driving and I'm listening to a podcast, this crazy idea will pop into my head and I will immediately stop the podcast and I will say, Siri, text myself, you know, and then I'll just text myself the idea. And then when I get to work, I'll just throw it into my little idea bucket. Um, so they come at different times and different places for everyone. I found when I'm on an airplane is sometimes when the best ideas come because I'm stuck <laughs> yeah. you know, for a while. Very cool. It's different for everybody though. Well, here's, here's a couple of questions I want to get to before we start wrapping up. Um, and this is from Gail Turner-Brown, and, and you can you know go in as deep as you want on this, but she wants to know where the revenue comes from and how is SME monetized? Because you mentioned there's no ads on the site. So for yes. a blog, how does that work? Um, well, I like to say that we're a product-based media company. So when you go to a traditional media site like New York Times or TechCrunch, they're making almost all their money on a display advertising. Right. Uh, in the case of Social Media Examiner, our sponsor is our product. Does that make sense? So social media marketing world, you know, uh, the social media marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World. Social Media Examiner is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World. Everything is brought to you by the sponsor and the sponsor is always a product that is owned by the company. So that's how we make all of our money. Uh, our business model is made up of uh, about four different lines of revenue. We've got our online conferences, got our physical conferences. We've got our social media marketing society, which is our monthly membership. And then we also have sponsorships and sponsorships come in uh, email sponsorships. In our emails, we'll have little ads inside of our, our daily emails and also in sponsorships in like the conference itself. Very, very cool. Well, here's one from our friend Eileen and she goes, what is the most successful social media strategy in 2016 for SME and why? So that's an interesting question. Um, it's a great question. And I haven't really fathomed what's been the single most successful thing, but I will tell you one thing that has really worked well is what we did with Instagram. And Jeff was part of this story. Um, we were for a while posting, we were having special graphics designed for Instagram from our daily blog posts. And then every day Jeff would go in and change the bio link to the article. We were using Instagram as a way to drive traffic to our website. And sometime right around the conference in 2016, either before or after, we decided that that wasn't working for us, right Jeff? Right. So we decided to do something completely different. We realized we had thousands of pictures taken by professional photographers and video clips from the conference. And we just decided to create quote graphics exclusively on our Instagram account. And what I mean by that is we would take a little 
tidbit from the conference that was said by speaker X or Y. And then we would create a cool little, we'd take a picture of that person and we put a little quote and we'd say like Guy Kawasaki and then we'd have a little social media marketing world logo on the bottom. In a matter of about nine months, we about tripled the size of that Instagram account, right, Jeff? Right. And um, somewhere along the way, we said to ourselves, well, wait, hold on a second. This is such good stuff. Why are we just doing it on Instagram? So then we were able to legally acquire um, facebook.com slash social media marketing world because someone had was using our trademark. And we decided to create a special page for the conference uh, that was a Facebook place page. And we took that Instagram stuff and published those simultaneously on those pages. Then we got the crazy idea to go ahead and share those posts on our big account at Social Media Examiner, which has about almost a half a million uh, followers to grow that small account. And then we got the idea to actually also share it on the other social channels like Twitter. So what ended up happening over a period of time is a single, um, uh, uh, the, the, the stuff that happens at the conference was fodder for the entire year for our Instagram account and a lot of our other social accounts. These quotes from these experts were highly shareable. People love them. And it's just been really kind of a key strategy to our growth. And in 2017, I'm sure we'll figure out creative ways to take some of our content uh, in other kinds of mediums and figure out a way to, 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 to cross purpose that across the various social channels, because I think that's been quite successful for us. Very, very cool. Um, Last couple of questions, you know, we mentioned the big conference that's coming up uh, next year in March, and I'm really honored to that, you know, I've been asked to speak there again. I got to speak for the first time last year, which is a ball. Um, so I want to know what, what, you know, I know why I go and I know why I went before I was even associated with Social Media Examiner. But why do you think people love to come to this conference so much? I mean, it's kind of the premier thing for social media. I remember wanting to go and couldn't. Well, first of all, it's super exciting to see so many people here right now live that are actually going to be there and some of them are going to be speaking. Um, I, I think that I decided to do for my conference the same thing I did for my blog. I wanted to create something that was a, an incredibly high quality experience, the wow factor. And I, I've been to so many conferences that will remain nameless where you just show up and you're expected to know what to do both as a speaker and as an attendee. I wanted to bring kind of that white glove treatment to everyone. And I think that when you create an experience for people, they come because they because of the content, that, but they leave because of the relationships is what ends up happening in the social media marketing world. And we create this kind of environment that's kind of hard to explain if you don't experience it, but it's, it's a very welcoming environment where we encourage people to reach out and support each other and talk to strangers and get to know each other. And networking is, is integrated into everything that we do. And I think that when you have that component to it, combined with a carefully curated recruited list of experts because we hand recruit every presenter. I, I, there's very few presenters other than maybe a couple of corporate panelists that were not hand recruited by me. So we recruit these people that we know are servants that love to teach that are excellent communicators. And when you combine the really good content with the networking, and then you have a layer of fun on top of the whole thing, like who doesn't want to have a party on an aircraft carrier, right, Jeff? Right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just creates a very unique experience. And then what ends up happening is people in social, one thing I know about them is what do they love to do? 
they love to snap and they love to Instagram make grams and whatever they call that stuff, you know, uh, snap grams. <laughs> I have to come up with a new name stories. They just love going nuts. They love sharing the experience. Right. So what ends up happening is the conference has kind of got a reputation now and everybody says, Oh my gosh, when the conference is going on, my feed blows up and all I can see is everybody talking about your conference. I'm going to have to be there next year. So it kind of, creates this thing that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that as long as we can, and everybody said, how in the world can you be intimate with that many people? Well, our first year, Jeff, we had 1,100 people. And people said it was the most intimate conference they've ever been to. Last year, we had 3,000 people and nobody complained that it was too big. And it's just because of the way that we do it. So it's just, we try really hard. That's why we invest heavily in our team to make sure that there are absolutely incredible communities. And we had 68 Slack groups uh, for social media marketing world last year, uh, people that were interested in subtopics. Like we had about 70 data geeks that were inside an analytics Slack, Slack group led by Christopher Penn. And these people were all best buds by the time they came to the conference. That's the kind of stuff we do. Yeah, the networking is cr- incredible. So, you know, you started uh, well, the conference a while back. Do you think, you know, it used to probably be that people went to the conference because of the blog. Do you think it's maybe some of the other now that maybe the people come go to the blog because they heard about the conference and they want to be a part of that? Is there kind of some trade-off now? Um, I don't know because our blog is so much larger than our conference. I mean, like to give you all some perspective, 4,000 people is what we hope to have this year. When you're talking about more than a million people reading the site, that's just a tiny little microchasm of it. But I do know that there's an interrelation for sure. Um, I, I know that that we reach millions when the actual conference goes on with the tweets. I think we had 70 or 80,000 tweets, if I'm not mistaken, right? Doesn't that yeah, seem to ring a bell, Jeff? Yeah, right. yeah, and we were trending globally on Twitter last year. So it does give us a lot of exposure uh, for sure. But not everybody realizes that Social Media Marketing World is affiliated with Social Media Examiner. Like there's plenty of people that come to that conference that have no clue who I am and have no clue who Social Media Examiner is other than maybe it showed up on their invoice, you know, when they actually paid for the ticket. So it is it is an interesting phenomenon. But I do think there is a bit of fueling of each other for sure. So last question. Um, well, second to last question. What is what is so special about this year's conference compared to ones in the past? Well, we have something super exciting this year. Um, well, we have a couple things we've not yet announced, which are coming. But the thing that is most exciting to me is our creator series. This year, we decided to um, to um, if I'm trying to come up with a different word other than create, <laughs> we decided to uh, create 40 sessions for content creators. And uh, 10 sessions for bloggers, 10 for podcasters, 10 for YouTubers and vloggers, and 10 for live video producers. So these are by creators for creators. Um, It's almost like become a conference within a conference. And this is very attractive to a lot of people that are not necessarily social media people. And every blogger and podcaster and live video producer and YouTuber also cares about social media. So what we're doing is we're expanding the tent, if you will, under which social media marketing world reaches by including all these uh, content creators as part of this creator series. That's something we've never done before. And we have just absolutely top of the line uh, folks who are the industry leaders in every single one of those uh, categories I just mentioned coming and teaching. And that is what's really exciting. 
and the workshops I think are cool too. That's kind of something you added last year and you're kind of expanded that a little bit. We have uh, more than 20 workshops, which are included with your ticket price. Everybody else sells them. We include them. Uh, these are, these are not half day workshops. These are 90 minute extended hands-on training workshops on practical skills. Um, that every marketer needs to know more about. Yeah. For example, how to write copy that sells. Who doesn't want to know that, right? Right. Very, very cool stuff. So uh, last question, what is the best place for people to go find out more about this Social Media Marketing World Conference? Um, you can go to socialmediaexaminer.com and you'll see it everywhere. You won't miss it. Uh, that's probably the best place to go. And uh, there is a little video that I encourage everyone to watch. And uh, it, it's a walkthrough of the entire conference in about three minutes. And you can experience what it would be like for you to be there yourself. And if you can't afford to buy a ticket and physically travel and all that fun stuff, then we do have a virtual ticket option as well, which is very economical. And it will give you access to all 120 plus workshops, sessions, keynotes uh, a couple of weeks after the event is over with. Very, very cool. And as always, I love for you guys to go to mainlypinterestships.com, click on the sidebar and subscribe to the email community so you'll never miss a great guest like we had with Michael here today. Because at Mainly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everybody. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time.